What's up and welcome back to the Secret Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Swing, and my guest today is Jody Hilkema. Jody spent years as the Director of Training and Development at Chick-fil-A in Redlands, California. She is now an executive coach on the leadership consultancy team where she serves Chick-fil-A leaders by coaching operators, senior leaders, and high-level teams across the country. We are coming up on an election year, and you won't have to look very far to witness the extremely polarizing world that we live in today. It seems that everybody has an opinion about everything. We're either Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving or after your iPhone or Android, Jordan or LeBron, silverware facing up and the dishwasher facing down, your results driven or your relationships focused. That's why today's message from Jody is so timely. She's going to share how we create the biggest impact by leading from the both and. Josh, what in the world is the both and? I am so glad you asked because you're about to find out. Let's dive in. I have to start this conversation by saying, Jody, we got the chance to connect recently and I was listening to your story and mid-story, I felt it in my heart. I was like, you have to come on the podcast and share more of your story with other people because it is so extremely valuable. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on the Secret Sauce podcast. I can't wait to hear all the things that you have to share with us today. Oh my goodness. You are so kind. I am excited to be here and I really appreciate your the ask to even be on here and get to share a little bit more. We're going to have some fun. We're going to start. I know, Jody, we'll get more into your Chick-fil-A story later in the conversation, but you have a longstanding relationship with Chick-fil-A. You've spent a significant time with the Chick-fil-A brand. And I need to know what's been your go-to sauce over the years. So this is funny. It's funny to me that you would even ask that implying that there might be one, like more than one sauce that would even be a go-to, but for the sake of the conversation, Chick-fil-A sauce, it's the only sauce. I mean, I don't know if people disagree with me, that's okay. But in my mind, there really is only one sauce and that is Chick-fil-A. Man, I, I know there's some pretty aggressive Polynesian fans out there that may have just gotten upset by that response, mm-hmm. but lots of Chick-fil-A sauce fans out there too. So, yes. well, I want to talk more about your secret sauce, Jody. We're going to start there. And so I need to know if you had to label what Jody's secret sauce is, not necessarily what you would prescribe every other person needs Mm -hmm. to do, but you know, this is where you show up and add value the most to those that you get the opportunity to influence. What would be the name of that secret sauce? Oh, that's such a good question. If I were to label my secret sauce, maybe it would be called both and which is a kind of funny name. But if we're talking about what leadership looks like or what the secret sauce to my leadership looks like, it would definitely be uh, both and. Okay. You've got to, you have to explain that more because my listeners right now are like, what in the world is she talking about both (laughs) and? Explain that. What What does both and mean for you? Yeah. So I really, truly believe that the best leadership lies in the middle of of both and. And it's something that in my leadership journey, I've realized, as an example, grace and truth, now and not yet, steady and ambitious. Really, when it comes down to it, both of those things are so good and so important. And I would say the tendency is to lean one way or another 
But for me personally, I have found that the beauty of leadership, the magic, the secret sauce of leadership really lays in that, that messy middle, that part where there's tension on either side and we land somewhere in the middle of, of the both and. That's really powerful. A lot of the listeners were at Chick-fil-A next this year, back in February, where Tim Tisopoulos got out the whiteboard. And anytime Tim Tisopoulos gets out the whiteboard, like you, you got to open up your ears, like you're about to learn something. And he drew this graph and the traditional way of thinking about leadership was like results or relationships. Mm-hmm. You had to choose which mm-hmm. one you're going to focus on. And this principle of both and that you're talking about, Jody, Tim illustrated. So he drew like this graph and yeah. I'm, I'm doing a lot of stuff with my hands right now. If you're listening, you can't see it, but he drew a graph where there was an arrow pointing out directionally and he drew some different quadrants on it. And essentially the top right quadrant of where, where you want to go on any graph, right? Up and to the right. It was results and relationships. Yes. It's how relationships unlock the opportunity to get more results if we'll focus on the relationships first. And so this principle of both and is really resonating with me. And you mentioned a couple of applications of it, grace and truth, steadiness and ambition, uh, the now and the not yet. I want to break down some of those just to give some real examples to our audience audience of what it means to be a both and type of leader. Yeah. And so we'll we'll start with grace and truth. I'd love for you to to tell us more about how that plays out in leadership. The results in relationships is is probably the number one, especially in the business that we you know get to be a part of. I'd love the opportunity to even speak to that one as well, just yeah. because it's so important. But as far as grace and truth, for me. It's essential that we, uh, first of all, that truth, right? When we're when we're leading teams, that we lead and we have a foundation of truth, that we require integrity and truth from from our team, from ourselves. But at the same time, we need to show grace. We need to show up and to let grace be what guides us. And it's not a one or the other. It's a both and. It's a yes. I say yes to grace and yes to truth. And what does that look like? Practically speaking, I think of even in, in opportunities that we have to hold our team accountable. Um, accountability means that we are expecting that they do what they say that they're going to do. And there's this truth element to that. But there's also a grace element where we come alongside and we say, how, how can we help you be better? What does it look like to give another opportunity to let this be a time that we learn? And it's not just a discipline. It's an opportunity to help you become better. If we have the truth and it's seasoned with the grace, we help and there ends up being growth. Um, sometimes if it's just truth, it's mean and it's it's not really leading to the growth that we want. Probably not. Even, it might lead to the outcome, but it's not this. My goal is always, how can I help someone else develop? How can I help someone else grow? And I think it's important that the truth is there because that's important. But the grace is really what what helps people um, pro- progress forward. I think a lot of what you said there was very true. Um, if it's if it's just truth all the time, there's no grace applied. It can be very mean, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can just yep. feel very mean. But on the flip side, if it's all grace and no truth, then it just feels very inauthentic. It's it's meaningless, right? It's and, and I think I've I've used that before. Like one side, it's just mean. If it's just truth, it's it's just mean. And if it's just grace, there's no substance there. 
and it's just meaningless. And so how do we come to that happy middle of both and? Yeah. We both work with a lot of Chick-fil-A teams and there's a term that gets thrown around a lot, this term of being Chick-fil-A nice and how I would reframe that as terminal niceness. So you hide behind this disguise of being nice by not telling this person Mm -hmm. what they need to hear. But in reality, if you really cared about that person, you would be truthful with them. It makes me think about, right, the scenario where I'm walking around with broccoli in my teeth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally the person is like, hey, you got you got a little something there, Josh. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I just talked to 15 people and nobody no, told me that I had broccoli. They just don't love me. Right. Don't they right. love me? But it's the whole great thing, grace and truth. I know because that person told me that thing, it's because they care about me. They don't want right. you know, to, they don't want me to look like a, a fool with broccoli all all in my teeth, but you need both. I, you I do agree. need both. And it's so, you know, it's so interesting about that is that oftentimes, so I'm telling people all day long. And also let me just not just say I'm telling people all day long. I'm reminding myself because it doesn't just because this is something that I believe strongly and it doesn't mean that I don't wrestle with it from time to time, that piece of truth and the kindness that comes when we're willing to help someone see things. And I think with the example of broccoli in your teeth or, you know, oh my goodness, say someone's zipper is down, those awkward conversations. Like I think oftentimes the hardest part is like how we feel about it, right? It's not so much that we're afraid they're going to be upset because gosh, we want them to know, like this is important for them. We care enough about them to say it. But sometimes I think people are just afraid to be uncomfortable themselves or afraid to create a situation that feels uncomfortable. But I think along with the, with the both and we need to learn to get a little bit uncomfortable because that's also where a lot of the growth takes place. Oh, you struck a nerve. I feel convicted here, Jody, because I, I know that I've been there, right? I'll believe the lie that oh, I'm doing this person a favor, but not bringing it up because right. they're going to feel awkward. In reality, I'm trying to protect myself because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And what I'm telling that person, not telling them is, I care about I care more about Josh being comfortable than I do right. about you being better. And I know we use yes. like some very trivial scenarios, right? Broccoli or zipper, yes. or fixing the collar, whatever it is. But there's also very real applications mm-hmm. from a leadership perspective when you think yeah. about how you make the team feel based on the way that you communicate with them. And all of us have blind spots, right? They're called right. blind spots for a right. reason. Yeah. We need other people to tell us what they are. Yes, absolutely. I've added results and relationships to the queue. So we're going to talk about that one. Also, um, I'm going to go down the list though. Next up, I've got steadiness and ambition. Break down some steadiness and ambition for us. Yes. So I have this element or this part of me that's really ambitious and I want to go after things. And I can think of a specific example, just even in the work that I do right now with leadership consultancy. I remember a time where I was talking with our CEO, Kelly Sartain, and she was talking about some opportunities and I was like, yes, yes, I want to do that. And I want to do that. And I just ambitious. Right. And she was like, okay, steady plotting. We need to make sure that we're doing everything right now with excellence while also keeping our eye on what's ahead. Right. We need to make sure that there's this element of ambition. And so I, she's like, you know, I love your ambition of wanting to get after what's next, but also both and let's make sure that we're also being really steady and ensuring that what we're doing today is done with excellence and we're steady plotting 
with what we're what we've been given right now while also having that ambition for what's ahead. And so I think for me again it falls into when we lead others, we want there to be, let's do what our job today, the steadiness, this excellence in, in the details of what we have right in front of us, while also looking ahead at what's to come. And hopefully this steadiness of working hard at what we have right now in front of us is preparing us and where we can take that ambition and move forward. That's really good. The listeners need to hear this one, I know, because if you're listening to this podcast, you're a pretty driven individual, like on your own volition, you're choosing to spend time learning and growing. And for people like that, for people like you, Jody, and for me too, we can get very caught up in wanting just to maximize the impact, right? And let's see how much we can fit in. Let's see all the new things that we can go and do to get there. And there is definitely something to be said about slowing down. There's this famous story of Truett you know, they're talking about expanding Chick-fil-A, right? Growing our footprint. And he like gets fed up at some point during the meeting and stands up and says, if we get better, they'll demand that we get bigger. Mm. And think a testament to what you're communicating there of if we'll just focus on the details and be incredibly faithful with where we're at, we'll get more and more opportunities to do more ambitious stuff. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. that's a really good one. We're talking about both and right now and how it's really good to lead from the middle. Talk about the two ends of that spectrum, right? Of what happens if maybe you're you're a little too steady, but also if you're a little too ambitious as people are kind of evaluating where they're at. Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think of that, you know, that ambition without saying, so on the one extreme, you have that person who's just like goes after it without even taking the time to think through what's ahead, to think through the things that we are, you know, we just go for it. There's no, I run out in the middle of the street because I, I want to get to the other side, but I don't take, to take the time to look both ways. If we don't pay attention to, to what's ahead and slow down enough to know if the decisions that I'm making today are really setting me up for success in the future, I might show up thinking one thing, but not having planned for it, not having prepared for it. So I think the steadiness on the other hand, right, we have someone who just sees today and all they see is how the work that I'm doing is affecting today without dreaming a little bit about what this could actually lead to in the future. And so on the one hand, the steadiness can, while it's good and it's important, it's that tension between the two that I think is that where you walk the tightrope. I always say that in order for us to walk across something, there has to be tension on either side for the slack line or whatever to, to be tight. And so there, we want to get pulled one way or another, but if it's, if either of those there's not tension, they fall in the middle and we can't walk across it, right? We just fall. So the steadiness piece, if it's just steady and no ambition, we just kind of become complacent with where we're at. And if it's all ambition without the steady plotting of making sure that we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's and preparing ourselves for what's the future, I think we can show up a little bit haphazardly and probably end up in a in a position that we don't want to be in. I couldn't agree more. I've met people on both ends of the spectrum, I'm sure we all have, but typically the ones on the very ambitious side of the spectrum, it doesn't ever feel like they're really satisfied or happy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're not enjoying the moment of no, right. what they're what they're presently in. And then on the other side, right, we have the person that is slow and steady and right. 
you hear people when they're describing them of like, man, if they only applied themselves more, oh, they have so much potential. I just wish they would use it. And you don't want to be on either side of that equation. You want to be where that slack line is tight so you can make it across. Yeah. Um, Okay. The the now and the not yet. I know these, these two things kind of tie together, but break that down for me. We'll spend a little bit of time here. Then I want to, I do want to jump into results and relationships. For sure. So this is one that I think often I talk to people when we're thinking about vision, when I'm talking with clients about creating a vision for their life, for their business, whatever it is, it needs to be the now and the not yet. I should be doing something today that is setting me up. And and like you said, this is similar to the steady and ambitious, but it should be an element of what I'm already doing the now in preparation for the not yet. And so while the steady and ambitious maybe is more of how I'm executing it, the now and the not yet might be how I'm, I guess, envisioning and how I'm living. For example, if someone says that they have this vision to be like the most generous person in the world, I'm completely making this up, right? But if I'm asking them, okay, so talk to me about what does generosity look like today for you? And they're like, well... I'm really going to be generous when I have more time and I have more resources and I'm financially stable and stuff. Well, no, that's not really like, we can't talk about a future, a vision, um, a not yet that I want to get to if I'm not applying myself in some form today. I think leadership is the now preparing for the not yet. What am I doing today? And maybe that not yet is something we're never going to quite get. I might not ever be the most generous person in the world, but if that's my goal, if that's my vision, then I should have elements of that generosity today. And it might not be the most generous person in the world, but I can be the most generous person with the resources that I have, with my time, with my skills, with my finances. When I was thinking through kind of just my own philosophy of leadership and how I choose to show up, the now and the not yet that that messy middle, I guess, that I try and find myself in is what am I doing to accomplish a vision that I have for my life today so that the not yet will will come? You know, does that make sense? Makes total sense. Somebody uh, somebody shared a quote from Dave Ramsey with me recently, and it says something, I may, I may botch this, but it's something to the effect of if we want to live like nobody else in the future, we have to live like nobody else right now. Yes. And yes. It's in line with what you're talking about. If my goal is to be the most generous person in the world, I love the example that you had there. If my life shows no form of generosity right now, it's just never going to happen. If we're waiting for the perfect opportunity to do the thing that we want to do to be the better version of ourselves, that perfect opportunity is never going to happen. It has to start, like you said, in the messy middle yes. of it all. So that we right. Let's round it out here. We had grace and truth. We had steadiness and ambition, the now and the not yet. All of these have been phenomenal. Let's round it out with results in relationships. I know I shared the Tim Tisopoulos yes. illustration earlier, but I, I want to hear your breakdown of this, Jody. I know. Tim Tim already stole my thunder. My goodness. No, <laughs> Come on, Tim. <laughs> Come on, Tim. I was going to share that first. And, uh, okay. No. So obviously... We, we work in a business where results and relationships are li- the key, right? We have to have results. We wouldn't have a business. Chick-fil-A wouldn't exist today if there weren't results. I think Chick-fil-A is the business it is today. It's the company it is today because of the results that we have. 
And then on the other side, it's our people. It's the relationships that I believe, not just on the teams that we serve, but our guests and the communities that we're in. It's those relationships that have given us the results. And so I have met people on both sides of the spectrum where we know that there's operators that their main thing is is profit, the bottom line. They drive results day in and day out, whether, and it might be an operator or director of operations where the main thing is what are our results, 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 results. And unfortunately, in some situations, it comes at the cost of the relationship and we, we value the number over the person. And on the flip side, I have met and I've interacted with leaders and operators who love people so, so, so well that they find it really hard to to hold them accountable and to hold them and drive results in the store. And we just can't, like, neither one of those is successful or sustainable. And I say successful because it might look like on paper that it's successful, but if we have burned bridges along the way and we've hurt relationships, then I would say it's not successful. And again, it goes to the both and. How can we love people well and also drive results in our store? I say it, like it's easy. And I know that it's not, but I really genuinely believe that it is the both and of results and relationships. I need to be able to lead and love people well, while also driving results in the store. I love how all of this ties together, right? This one is like the culmination of all three. Yes, The focus on results can produce some short-term success. Yeah. So you can think like, oh, I'm getting somewhere by focusing on just business metrics, but you typically have a really high level of burnout and tons of turnover because people feel like a number and a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. And they're just not going to stick around anywhere for very long where they don't feel valued and cared for. And so it can be really dangerous, but yeah, typically they're like the flash in the pan success. Mm -hmm. You're like, Hey, whatever happened to that person is putting up all those crazy numbers and it's because it was very toxic and they were burning bridges along the way. Where at the same time, on the other side, I think about like a very relational culture that doesn't focus enough on results. And typically a lot gets tolerated. I think it's Jocko Willink who says it's not about what you communicate, it's about what you tolerate. Tolerate. Yeah. So you can have a lot of toxic elements that you tolerate and it's just a very relational culture that accepts everything, right? There's no clear expectations and accountability around those expectations. And so I want to take the last couple of minutes here, Jody. I want to dig a little bit into your story because your journey will really resonate with many of the listeners of this podcast. I want you to first start with what did your relationship initially look like with Chick-fil-A? So how did that relationship start with Chick-fil-A? Walk us through that season of your life. Yeah. So my relationship with Chick-fil-A began in 2006 when the first Chick-fil-A came to our town. I did not grow up with Chick-fil-A. I grew up in Southern California where we were in merging market. There were no Chick-fil-A's around until 2006. So my original relationship began as a raving fan. I just was there more often, paid full price and told everybody about Chick-fil-A. In fact, it was it was kind of a running joke before I started working for Chick-fil-A with my operator, I knew him outside of work. And he just said, you know, you should be my marketing director because you're always telling people about us. And I'm like, I don't, you you don't even have to pay me. Like I am a raving fan, but my guess is that you're asking more about my, my journey with working for Chick-fil-A. It started when I was looking to get back into the workforce. I had stayed home with kids for 10 years, which 
I'm aging myself as I, as I go on the podcast, but uh, stayed home with kids for 10 years and was really looking to get back into the workforce. My degree was in counseling. When the opportunity to join the team at our Chick-fil-A came, there was like equal parts excitement. And also like, what am I getting myself into? I remember laying in bed the night before I started just wondering if I was going to be pouring milkshakes the rest of my life. And luckily that, well, not luckily, that's not exactly how it played out. I was able to join, join the team on starting in HR. So HR admin back office quickly, I think it took all of five minutes for me to fall in love, not just as a raving fan, but as a team member, as a leader, had the opportunity to go to corporate for hospitality training and fell in love with it, moved into director of talent and training, getting the opportunity to do leadership development with our team. It's where my passions and my gifting came to life. I know you and I have talked about this, but truthfully, it was really my time doing WildSpark that allowed me to slow down enough and really evaluate what was it that I felt like God was doing in me? Like, where did I feel called to serve? And that was doing WildSpark was an opportunity for me to spend some time introspectively and also reflecting on, on where am I now in this season and what does that look like? And really fell in love with the opportunity to work at Chick-fil-A and to serve and, and develop leaders and team members. I know that we can get very wrapped up in what we do as our identity. Mm-hmm. And like you said, spending 10 years raising little quit little little kids, especially the demand that kids yeah. put on life. It can uh, you can very easily get lost in it. I've got three little ones right now. I know it is it is chaos and craziness. And everybody knows this that listens to the podcast. I am a wild spark ride or die. I love wild spark and getting to hear stories like that is the why behind mm-hmm. my love for wild spark and the life, the life impact that it can have and getting to create moments of reflection mm-hmm. and defining purpose and mm-hmm. meaning and the value that you add to teams, all those kind of things. Really cool. So walk me through. So now you're, you're loving Chick-fil-A, right? You got to stay at the Ritz Carlton. You're all in. I was like, I'm in. And, um, and you're like, Chick-fil-A is it, I'm guessing here. Like, I want to pursue this thing lifelong. Walk me through kind of what happened next as you were pursuing Chick-fil-A. Yeah. So really felt like this is a company I wanted to serve long-term and wasn't exactly sure what that would look like. And over the years, really just felt like the Lord was leading me to apply to become an operator. And man, wrestled through that a little bit, but really just felt like, yep, that's the next right step for me. Went through, so applied, turned in my application and went through the operator selection process, which was a like so grateful for that process. It was hard. It was something that, that challenged me in some really cool ways that I hadn't been challenged in a long time made it all the way through my in-person interview. And after that interview was told not yet, I could take two years and reapply. After that, really just wondering what was next. I loved Chick-fil-A. It, that didn't change. It, I knew that I was going to continue to serve Chick-fil-A in some form or fashion. I thought, okay, I'm just going to continue what I'm doing at the store. And then fast forward, that was at the end of 2020. And then in 2021, I'm like thinking back, making sure my dates are right. But in 2021, um, we ended up relocating from California to Florida. My husband took a position in Florida 
And so, you know, I, and I'm wondering if I'm, am I fast forward? Am I missing anything or am I fast forwarding too fast? I'll let you. Oh yeah. Let's, let's pause right there because show me any successful leader in life. And I'll show you a leader who has a very healthy relationship with failure. And it almost this weird desire to fail, like to do things that, you know, you may not succeed at. And I'm really inspired by just hearing the level at which you just got after being an an owner operator, but then held it very open-handedly. That's just a, such a tremendous life skill and a superpower in some aspects to enter into things that could be seen as defining moments in your life and knowing that they don't define you, right? I would love to make a, a lot of life impact through being an owner operator, but I know that I will also live a very purposeful and impact driven life, even if I'm not an operator. So yeah, I know that you went through that really fast. And I'm sure there was a lot of wrestling that happened there during that whole experience, but your ability to come out the other side and say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm still going to chase what I feel God has designed me to do has me ready to run through this wall that's next to me right here. Jody. So that's awesome. So now, now you're, you've moved across the country, literally across the country, literally across the country. Yeah. further away. And, and now you're with leadership consultancy. And yeah. I guess walk me through here in, in a couple of minutes of what that transition looked like as you moved across the country and got plugged in with leadership consultancy. And then I'd love to hear more about some of the work that you're doing through leadership consultancy too. So I'm, I know that was a lot, but I'm going to call that for you. No, that's fine. I'm actually going to say something. It's funny that you say, man, like just your ability to like fail well or however you said it. But a couple of points that I just want to make on that because I know when I when I say it or talk about my story, it might sound like, oh yeah, wow, she just, just took it and failed well and moved on and stuff. And well, that's not completely the case. There was some wrestle and struggle there with, okay, Lord, I thought this is what you had for me, but it's not. One of the things that I just want to encourage or challenge or remind people that I was challenged to do was to kind of, in many ways, just be loose around the edges, meaning to not have this tight grip on my plans, but to know that I need to hold them loosely and to to recognize that the Lord might have something completely different for me. And I need to trust in that moment. And I know, again, that's easier said than done, but there is so much beauty and joy that comes from trusting the Lord. And, and that's, I wanted to set that up because that was not the end of my story. And the end of my story wasn't. So I just went back to my store and I continued to do, I still felt called to, to develop and to lead and to coach and to have an impact in a way even bigger than the impact that I was having in my store. And that's where I'm going to fast forward to kind of what I get to do right now. So made the cross country move, really wasn't sure what it was going to look like. Am I going to work in a store? Um, Actually applied to a store uh, here in Florida, was offered a position on the director team, but realized that it was not, not just not the right time or the place for me right now. And so someone asked me, Hey, if you could be doing anything right now, what would you be doing? And I said, I would be coaching and consulting, but just for Chick-fil-A. And it felt like this pie in the sky, kind of like, yeah, fat chance. But they said, you need to find out about Kelly Sartain and leadership consultancy. And I was like, "Uh, okay, let me just look. So I went on LinkedIn, funny story. I had actually just this year found out that I had taken some screenshots that Kelly had posted on LinkedIn years ago when I was still at my store in California. So I'm like, okay, God, you're so funny. Like I was already 
seeing the work without realizing. But long story short, I reached out on LinkedIn and just said, Hey, here's who I am. This is a little bit of my background. This is my passion. I love developing. I love helping people process, move from point A to point B, whatever that point is on in the journey. I would love to have a conversation. One conversation led to another conversation. And long story short, I joined the, the leadership consultancy team in May of 2022. That's such a cool story. And I agree with you. I think God has this like incredible sense of humor that if you would have asked Jody back in the day, hey, why do you want to be an operator? It would have been, oh, I want to be able to develop other people. I want to help get them. Oh, yeah. 100%. Being an owner-operator on a Chick-fil-A is just an excuse to be able to do that. Yes. And uh, you mentioned like whimsically like describing this position that you didn't think there was any chance in the world that it existed and it being like, hey, actually that does exist with what I get to do right now. Yes. It's really funny and cool all at the same time. How are you serving teams right now? What does that look like as you're helping people get from point A to point B? When you work with a leader at a Chick-fil-A, when you work with a team at a Chick-fil-A, unpack that for me. Kind of my main focuses at Leadership Consultancy are operator executive coaching, leadership development coaching for senior leaders in a store, and then group coaching for for teams. So really, it it kind of has three different avenues that I, I mainly focus on. And they, they look a little bit different, which is exciting for me. I love the journey of development and no, I always tell people, Hey, if you're looking for a cookie cutter plug and play, that's not what development looks like. No, right. Exactly. It's what I love being able to do is, is to see where someone is at, help them come up with, with goals, help them think through and problem solve, help them set up action plans to accomplish those goals, help them process. You know, we all have strengths. We all have areas of opportunity help them kind of recognize some of those and really live into their strengths while also developing their areas of opportunity. I get to do, when I'm meeting with director teams, I get to help them talk through topics like multiplying your leadership. What does it look like to be a multiplier? What does it look like to be a diminisher, an accidental diminisher? How can we lead our teams well in a changing, I mean, our climate right now economically is so changing and even the team that we have looks so different today. So what does it look like to lead during seasons of uncertainty and really getting to help young leaders navigate what that looks like? And as well as operators, some seasoned operators, I have some of my operators that have been operated for over 20 years. You know, what they came into with Chick-fil-A starting over 20 years ago looks so different. And so we get to process and grow and develop. How do we lead effectively today? And what does that look like? So Those are the things that get me so excited. And if I look back, I'm so incredibly grateful for the journey that I was on, but I am even more grateful that this is where it landed me. Well, I know that God has you in the place where you're at for a very specific reason. And I really love the amount of passion that you have for what you get to do, Jody. I believe everybody needs a coach in their life. And so- if you're a leader out there, you don't have a coach, call Jody. That's your action step when you get off. Okay, there you go. You need a Jody in your life. What gets me really fired up too is that I get opportunities to partner with you and work with you, Jody. And I just know how impactful the work that you do is because I've get, had the opportunity to see it up close and personal. And so I'm thankful for you. I mean that genuinely. I'm thankful for your heart and just how you strive to serve others. And so I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. We'll wrap it up here, but I'll I'll let you first before I wrap it up. Give us some parting wisdom here. So 
If there's anything that you want somebody to walk away from this episode with, if there's one thing that you want them to remember, what would that one thing be is they leave having listened to Jody? Yes, I would say my my parting wisdom is, and I think this will cover multitude of things that we talked about, get comfortable being uncomfortable, whether that's the uncomfortable, messy middle of both and, or if it's that uncomfortable feeling of trusting the Lord in uncertain times where you think you know where you're going and he says, I got something different for you. Or if it's that uncomfortable process of peeling your fingers back from the plans that you have and have an open hand, learn, or maybe it's just telling someone they have broccoli in their teeth, but learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that is where the beauty of growth really will start to take place. Come on, get messy, (laughs) get get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm fired up. I know everybody else is too, Jody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jody's parting wisdom was so good. As a leader, if you feel a level of discomfort, good. That means you're growing. And if you're listening to this, thinking to yourself, and things feel pretty easy right now. I feel pretty comfortable. It is time to get uncomfortable. It's time to decide to do something that is going to push you and stretch you and prepare you for what's next. Two action steps that everybody can take. Number one, get a coach. Everybody needs a coach. There's a reason even the best athletes in the world don't coach themselves. You shouldn't either. Jody and the leadership consultancy team are a great option if you don't have a coach and you wanna find somebody who's gonna help you be successful. Number two, peer-to-peer vulnerability and accountability. If you wanna show up to work every day and know that the team around you has your back and is for you, you as a leader have to take the first step. You have to be the initiator. You have to invite in that vulnerability and accountability. WildSpark is an easy way to do that, to put a plan in place that allows you to grow with and from your peers and your team. There will be a link to connect with both of those in the episode description below, both Leadership Consultancy and WildSpark. We will see you next time. Stay saucy, everybody.